episode of Beers and Balance, the only show where we talk Wisconsin news and drink Wisconsin brews. This week, big wins for Democrats last night, but does it mean that a blue wave is coming to Wisconsin? Plus, day after an election, what better time to start talking about the next one? My name's Adam. And I'm Stephen. And Stephen, what are we drinking this week? Okay, Adam, well, I've got... Apparently, it's your favorite. It's yep. Carbon Four <laughs> Brewing from Madison, Wisconsin, Martian Sunrise. Yeah. So this is their Red Indian Pale Ale. Let's open this up. I haven't had this in like a year. Hopefully, it's as good as I remember. So maybe you want to tell the listeners a little bit about this beer, why, why you like it so much. Well, I think part of it is... Um, so, okay, I'm from Wisconsin uh, originally. Um, I do... Have a confession. I'm a Cubs fan. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we just lost about half of our listeners uh. right there. Uh, but I think the, the first time I had this actually uh, was the night that the Cubs won. Ah, I see. The, the World Series. Yeah. Um, and I, so I think it's partially it's, you know, I've got that good association. But it's also, it's a really good beer. It's, it's a Red India Pale Ale. Um, I don't know of any other red India pale ales actually, but um, yeah, that's it's an interesting style. I mean, yeah, red yeah. ales have been um, you know popular recently, but I don't know exactly all the ins and outs mm-hmm. of how common these ones are. Yeah, now I, I, I'm gonna warn you, Stephen. It's it's a little like it, it's got a powerful taste, but it's really good. Um, oh yeah, that's yeah, that's quite good. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, yeah, seven percent. Um, do you uh, do you have the stats? I don't know what the IBU is on this. I don't have the stats for that, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, um, it's but, it's high. Whatever, it's very hoppy, but uh, it's it's good. I tell you what. Yeah. Yeah, and and I should say so. This is their spring seasonal um, right. available now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have you know a problem with this beer. You know, as as nice as it is, it's uh-huh. a beautiful red color. It's got a nice astronomy theme, the Martian sunrise. But right. you know. Sunrises and sunsets on Mars are actually blue, not red. They're blue. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> this is perhaps a, a poorly named beer. But anyway, yeah, so so the sky during the day is red on Mars. I see. But actually, sunrises and sunsets are blue. Uh, and this is just due to the fact that the atmosphere is made of different things. You have the, the thing that gives us the blue atmosphere happens from Rayleigh scattering due to large lots of stuff in the atmosphere. And, and there and goes just the other half of our That's right. <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, it doesn't happen on Mars in the same way, and so, but it does happen during sunrises and sunsets. And so okay. anyway, yeah, fun fact, blue sunrises wow. and sunsets on Mars. So We should we should do a, uh, a spin-off podcast where we talk about science. That sounds... Uh, no, no. no. Uh, <laughs> st- strictly no. politics. Okay, all right. Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Um... So, so Adam, uh, what's your first topic today? Uh, what anything exciting happen in the world of politics recently? Um, yeah, there was a little election last, what? yeah, yesterday, yeah. So, uh, as all of our listeners know, because they all voted in, yesterday, uh, there was a, a statewide election for the Supreme Court um, spot uh, between Rebecca Dallet and Michael Skrenik. Uh, Rebecca Dallet won with uh, a 12-point lead, I believe, uh, uh, just just under a uh, 12-point lead. Mm-hmm. Um, so she will now uh, become the newest member of the Supreme Court of Wisconsin. 
so now there will be three liberals on the bench and four conservatives as opposed to um, the previous two and, and five or yeah, so this is, this doesn't change the actual sort of liberal conservative makeup of no yeah but I, I think that in the Supreme Court you know there tends to be it, it's it's at least on some issues it's not quite along party lines and mm-hmm. so you know having a three to four uh, a ratio, there's a big difference there between a two to five because yep. there can always be one uh, a justice that will kind of come over on on certain issues. And and then looking ahead um, in the next few years, there's going to be another opportunity to pick up a seat. Yeah. So you theoretically, uh, I think in 2020, you could have this uh, this flip. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So so definitely, people are I think liberals are looking looking ahead to that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and additionally, there was a, a real resounding rejection of the um, elimination for the state treasurer position. So there was a 62 to 38 was... Wow. Yeah. People love their treasurers. I guess, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting because you would sort of expect, I guess, that the voting on the Supreme Court issue would line up pretty closely with the state treasurer issue, but... but Certainly didn't seem to be the case. I mean, both um, the liberal judge uh, one and the the state treasurer position uh, was not eliminated, which are both wins for the Democrats. But there was a much bigger margin of of that win um, in the case of the elimination of the state treasurer. So we saw definitely saw some crossover Skrennic no votes there in terms of yes, people yeah, absolutely Skrennic, but also didn't want to eliminate the treasurer, which is interesting. I mean, I, I had heard that even some Democrats had supported bringing this up to a vote, and so this is kind of interesting that it ended up being so um, so lopsided. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, so. You know, I, I think that this was really a. I mean, even though this was a, a Republican-led charge, um, I think that the fact that we don't really know who the governor is going to be in six months is a big factor here, right? So this vote is really a vote. Um, voting uh, yes on this would have uh, centralized uh, the powers of the governor more so than they already are, right? It removes a, a check from that system, and so. Since we don't really know if we're going to have a Democratic governor or a Republican governor in six months from now, I think that a lot of people were voting um, lowercase c conservatively, right? They were They were saying, let's err on the side of caution and put in these checks and balances, which I, I personally think makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, it should be saying that um, there aren't that many checks right now. I mean, currently, I think they only serve on one board and, and oversee a few land management. This position has been sort of whittled away, I mean, right. by people who want to remove it. Right. Um, now, the, the person who's currently in the position, Matt Adamchek, uh, has said in the past he supported eliminating his own yeah, position. Yeah, in fact, he, he ran on that, that right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, previously there had been some talk about what would happen one way or the other, yes or no. Now he's saying, well, I can't imagine there would be any more effort to eliminate this office. Um, quote, I've always said it's up to the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so there will be an election for this in November, and um, uh, the current treasurer isn't going to run again. There are already two candidates who have filed uh, Republican Thomas Hiller and a Democrat Sarah Godlowski, uh, both from Madison. Uh, so at least two people are going to be running for this mm. position. And in the past, we've seen some people talk about maybe if the voters reject this, we'll give some powers back. But 
nobody's sort of willing to talk about it, at least as of Wednesday afternoon. Sure. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. And so, I mean, right now it's the, the office of the treasurer is, it's literally just the treasurer, right? I, I, as far I'm aware, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as opposed to even just 10 years ago where it was a, a real office in and of itself. Um, so right now, as you say, the treasurer doesn't have a whole lot of power, but eliminating that office would remove any chance of the treasurer mm -hmm. um, kind of regaining that status. Yeah, and people, you know, people like to throw around. Well, this is as a position as old as the state itself. You yeah, gotta keep it in 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 uh, intact. So I yeah, guess yeah, the voters yeah. felt the same way last night. Um, yeah. Seems like yeah. So Democrats were really happy about the results last night. One person that wasn't very happy was Governor Scott Walker. Ah. Yeah. So uh, shortly after the results came in, uh, he tweeted out the following quote: "Tonight's results show we are at a risk." of a hashtag blue wave. <laughs> you can hear the sound of that blue wave right now. <laughs> Thank you for that, Steven. Yes, yes. <laughs> We're at the risk of a hashtag blue wave in Wisconsin. Uh, the far left is driven by... Do you, do you have driving sounds? <laughs> the far uh, left is driven by anger and hatred. We must counter it with optimism and organization. Let's wow. share our positive story with voters and win in November. Um, and so this is a tweet that a lot of uh, national um, news organizations have been picking up on, and, and I think mm -hmm. it's sort of framing the discussion of the results of this election uh, in the national context um, as placing this, uh, this Democratic win, or this win for the Democrats, um, in the context of this hashtag blue wave, which um, uh, seems to be growing uh, more and more steam as more and more Democrats win special elections across the nation. Yeah, I mean, definitely people are looking for, the Democrats have a good 2018, sort of the, the midterms. Um, you know, I had, only, I had only ever heard the first part of that quote, the looking for the hashtag blue wave. I didn't hear the whole bit about the optimism and yeah. you know, I guess people are really angry at eliminating the treasure or something. I'm not sure exactly how this follows in this <laughs> yeah. <function>. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think you, there's uh, definitely a lot of, of these national uh, news organizations have kind of picked up on that latter half, too, and sort of pointed out, well, you know, now you're about optimism, right? This <laughs> hasn't been the, the story the whole time. And I think that is a, a legitimate criticism. Um, but I, I guess to return to the blue wave aspect of this, the, the phrase is something that's thrown around a lot, and I guess I'm I'm not quite sure what a blue wave in Wisconsin would look like. Well, there was um, the special election back in January where the Democrats upset and ended up taking a seat there. Um, so, and potentially uh, the Democrats could be looking to do more of this and and maybe flip a few more seats in the in the state assembly and uh, yeah, Senate. absolutely. And there's uh, we'll, we'll be talking about this later on in the podcast, but there's um, some special elections that are oh, coming yes. up. Yep. Yeah, which um, one would imagine that those would definitely be seats that the Democrats would be looking. There's also um, uh, a lot of talk about uh, Paul Ryan's seat and whether or not yes. that is in jeopardy. Um, the but, iron stash is is apparently <laughs> gunning for that seat. The iron stash, yeah. But I mean, I think there's this quite. So could a blue wave potentially flip the the assembly or, or the senate in in Wisconsin? Well, the, but they have quite large majorities right now. Right, and I think the answer to that question is, I mean, as as 
clickbaity as as it sounds, right? This is the question, and then the answer is like probably no. not. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that the map is sort of set up in a way such that it would be very, very, very difficult for the Democrats to take back either the Assembly or or the Senate. Yeah, I mean, one thing people are looking for that is um, redistricting and whether or not Supreme Court decisions might come down that change how the districts are drawn. But right. at this point, it's, you know, April 4th, and I can't imagine a decision before too long. And, you know, then are you really going to have time to redraw them before November, or is it going to be kind of like 2021, 2022 kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, so barring a, a dis- yeah, that's that's a very good point. So that's a big question mark in terms of the future of, of Wisconsin's elections is what's going to happen with regards to this gerrymandering case that's in front right. of the, the National Supreme Court right now. Um, and I think, so uh, th- there's one tweet that I like quite a bit, and we actually retweeted this on, on our Twitter account. Oh, if you we wanted. have a Twitter account. We oh. do, yes. Oh, it's at Beers and Balance. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Um, so this is from Harry Enton, formerly of uh, 538. Now I believe he works at CNN. Um, he tweeted out, the fact is that Wisconsin Supreme Court election is just one data point, but it's the latest manifestation that there is clearly a swing to the left going on in these elections. And so I think that that's, when we talk about the blue wave, right, I think that that's the scale which is happening. It's a national thing, right? right. And this is one data point that indicates that Wisconsin could potentially pick up some seats uh, in terms of the 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 house right the the um, national positions mm-hmm. um, and you know potentially Tammy Baldwin would be able to keep her seat in the Senate as well right so I think that in the context of these national level elections this is an indicate one of, of several data points that indicates that overall there is a general trend such that on the national scale, the Democrats have a chance of taking back the House or uh, potentially the the Senate. Well, I mean, yeah, Tammy Baldwin's seat is definitely going to be very important for at least holding on to the seats they have now. Yes, yeah, because that uh, has shows a lot of indications of uh, being a, a very close election. Yep. Um, and then uh, statewide, I mean, we're saying it's probably going to be difficult or impossible to flip either of the houses. Right. But definitely the ones that the Democrats are going to be gunning for is Scott Walker's. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's some great candidates on the Democratic side. Um, friend of the pod, Mike McCabe. Yeah, actual friend of the, <laughs> the pod. We, we sometimes use that sarcastically. This one's real. Actual friend of the, the pod, uh, Mike McCabe. Uh, we interviewed him uh, last week. If you haven't listened to that interview, please do. Um, and... Yeah, and, and other candidates as well. I mean, so the, there are some really good candidates coming up uh, against uh, Scott Walker. And I think that when he says that there's a blue wave coming in Wisconsin, I think that he's referring really solely to his position. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that's my interpretation anyways. I, I think that, that's, that that would be the, the number one spot where you would see this blue wave manifest mm-hmm. in Wisconsin is the governor flipping, right? right? So when we're talking about it happening at the state level, that's what we're really talking about. And I mean, and even if you don't flip the state itself, this is, um, I don't want to call it an emotional victory, but I mean, Scott Walker has been a national Republican figure mm-hmm. uh, for the for the different things he's, he's um, done here in Wisconsin. And so uh, winning 
that governorship would be a huge win for Democrats, um, even if they don't flip all of the all of the whole state. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think now that we kind of know what a uh, what we mean when we say the the blue wave and what that would look like in in terms of our state, <laughs> there's uh, there's the question of uh, the second you know assumption in this tweet, which is that tonight's results show that we are at risk for a hashtag blue wave in right. Wisconsin. So what is that? Is that true? Um, do tonight's or, or last night's uh, results show that, in fact, there is a, a trend of um, rising Democratic uh, support in the state of Wisconsin? Yeah. So, I mean, one way to look at this is the difference between the two candidates. Uh, winning by 12 percent is a fairly large win. Another yes. way to look at this is just turnout. People are saying, well, the voters are very motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's, you know, you know, really politically engaged right now. People are, especially liberals are very, um, you know, focused on the election. But it's not totally, you know, brought up by the numbers <laughs> here. Well, yeah, I mean, so that's, yeah, I guess that's sort of the thing, right? So you have to compare this against something, right? The, the turnout in this election. So you could compare it against uh, uh, presidential elections, but that's not really fair, right? So, so for reference, there were uh, approximately a million people voted in mm-hmm. uh, yesterday's election. Um, in the 2016 presidential election, that number was three million. Okay. Um, so, certainly not, uh, certainly much less uh, than there is in a presidential election. Um, you could look at the the previous um, Supreme Court spot election. Um, and there it gets a little bit confusing because there were around 2 million voters there, and so twice as many as there was yesterday. But that's a little bit confusing to look at because of the fact that that coincided with the 2016 presidential primaries. So there was a lot of people turning out for that. Okay, so if you look at the one before that, then you go back to 2015. Uh, and in 2015, there were uh, roughly 800,000 voters. Okay, so now now we're kind of in the same ballpark, right? So there's like a, a 25% increase um, in this election compared to that one. Um, and so you could say that, yes, the turnout is more. It's not like a lot more, but the, there is more turnout. Right. Okay, so there's more turnout as compared to the 2015 election. But then there's this assumption that those that turnout is Democrats, right? Democrats right. are involved. If you look at... The actual um, the the results of that twenty fifteen election, the spread was actually bigger for the liberal candidate. Really? Yeah. yeah. So the liberal candidate won by I want to say um, uh, or won fifty eight percent to to forty two percent. Ah, yes. Right. Uh, I mean, so granted, she was an incumbent. An incumbent always does better than, or not always, but almost always does better than uh, someone who's not an incumbent. Um, but still, I mean, we're talking about instead of uh, about. 12 percentage point difference you're talking about now uh, uh 17 16 yeah 16 point difference right um and this was in 2015 right and no one was talking about a blue wave then so i guess that's sort of where i'm at in terms of this right i mean it's a this this is a, a a data point that can be associated with the blue wave when you look at it in this national scale right it's yet another special election that the democrats have won and you know if if you look at the this national data set and all of the special elections are going to the Democrats, then you can say, oh, okay, there's definitely a blue wave coming. But if you look at this data point specifically and you ask, is the blue wave coming to Wisconsin, then 
it becomes a little bit more difficult to say whether or not it is. It's not good news for specifically for Scott Walker. I'm not convinced that it's necessarily bad news either. I see. Or at least not devastating. And especially, I mean, you wonder how much of the nonpartisanness of this really matters. Did did every voter going in there know, you know, in their mind that there's like a D and an R next to these names? Or is was there some amount of voters who would have voted Republican but would still vote for Dalit or vice versa? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. And I don't have the answer to that, obviously. Yeah. I think that um, Skrennick in... But I think both candidates, because of the um, uh, campaigns that they led, were really portraying each other as um, loyal to their respective parties. I see. Dow, all of Dowd's ads associated Skrennick with, you know, the fact that he was funded by the NRA, and all of Skrennick's ads associated Dowd with Eric Holder, who's Obama's uh, mm-hmm. the former attorney general. And so I think that most voters probably saw the D and the R, Yes, I think that's right. So speaking of special elections, um, it looks like we're going to have two more in Wisconsin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) So what happened with this? We last week we talked about this. um, There was this deadline, right? So what what happened? Right. So um, and my apologies if I get any of this slightly out of order. It was kind of crazy. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, there was a three month long delay. Then. Uh, where these two seats were open. Then a lawsuit filed. Um, Eric Holder's group helped out people, constituents of these two uh, open seats. Then a judge says, well, you basically have a week to call these elections. This was, I think, last Thursday. Right, yeah. Um, And they said, nope, we're not going to do that. We're going to rewrite the laws so we don't have to do it. But, of course, they weren't going to be able to come back to Madison to rewrite the laws until after the deadline. Because they're out of session, right? They're out of session. Yeah, they had this extraordinary session. Right. (laughs) And... Uh, they basically say, hey, can we please have some more time so that we can rewrite the laws? They ask the, the judges this. Right. Yeah. And so actually that judge happened to be on vacation, I heard, but a different <laughs> judge came in and said, I'm not giving you more time. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, you want just more time so you can change the laws? Like, <laughs> and then they appealed that to another judge and another judge was like, look, like, I have to decide the case based on the laws as they exist right now. And right. the laws that exist right now says that you have to call these elections. Like, if you want, if you want to come in today and change the law, you can do that. But I'm not going to give you more time again to do right. this. <laughs> and so then they said, okay, we're going to go to the Supreme Court Real. of Wisconsin. But at the last minute, they decided, like, uh, like maybe let's not do that. Yeah, so... that sounds probably like the right call. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, again, I don't really understand. I think I mentioned this last week. I don't know what they're thinking with this. Like, this is such a high profile. This is becoming such a high profile thing. I don't understand why they want to so publicly deny people the right to vote. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because, um, I mean, you must imagine that they, these would have just gone kind of unnoticed. They're in Republican-held districts. Yeah. And you wonder, okay, they're, they're so worried about the blue wave, but it would have just been two more maybe wins that would have just gone up again in November. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have flipped any control, things like that. Mm-hmm. Now you have this whole story about um, them trying to change the laws, them trying to do this. You must realize the people in the districts themselves must be kind of fed up. And oh, maybe, absolutely. Maybe supporting yeah. uh, would flip it even more. Um, so, you know, of course, the the like, the like criticism here is, oh, it's going to cost us a lot of money. And the judges basically say, like, look, like, 
find the money somehow. It's always a good idea to hold elections in a democracy. Right, right. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe take like 1% of the money that went to Foxconn. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So the, these are going to happen. Um, the 1st Senate District and the 42nd Assembly District, they're gonna, both going to be held on June 12th. So if any listeners are in those districts, look forward to those special elections. And I should be saying, those again, um, I as best as I know, will also be have to run again in November. And so mm-hmm. this is kind of the, the criticism so that you have two elections right back to back. But, you know, hey, we wouldn't have had this problem if they had called it right away. Right, yeah. Vacated. I mean, th- these were seats that were vacated four months yeah. ago at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. So, so I, yeah. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I don't disagree with you there at all. Well, great. More elections to look forward to. That's always an exciting thing. Yeah, yeah. Definitely keep those on our radar as, mm-hmm. we, as we look towards the summer. Yeah, absolutely. And so that brings us to the fact uh, that this is the last episode of season one of Beers and Bats. Oh. I know. I know. It's a real... It's sad. It's sad. I've had it's a sad. lot of fun here, actually. Yeah. Me too. Um, but uh, so what that means is we won't be in your feed every week. Uh, but make sure that you subscribe to us wherever you're listening to this podcast because we will have a few podcasts here and there intermittently over the summer. That's right. Some bonus episodes. Some extraordinary episodes. Some extraordinary episodes, <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have a few extraordinary episodes here and there. Um, uh, if you have some issue that you really, really want us to talk about, uh, make sure you reach out to us on Twitter. We're um, at Beers and Ballots. Um, yeah, feel free to tweet at us um, and let us know if there's anything that you want us to talk about. Well, that's a wrap today. We'll catch you all next season. And until then, I'm Steven. And I'm Adam. And this is Beers and Ballads. Nice. Should we say it in unison? Is that? No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. That's good. Yeah.